On behalf of Hospice of the Piedmont, welcome to this episode of the E-Series, an educational podcast aimed at engaging our community, exploring relevant topics, and educating about ways to connect with our organization. Funding for the E-Series is provided by the Dr. John A. Lusk Fund for Hospice and Palliative Care Education. My name is Ryan Biagini, and I am your host. Today, I'm excited for you to join me as I have a candid conversation with one of our E-Series fan favorites, hospice volunteer and care point facilitator, Cher Burt. As someone with years of caregiving experience, Cher is a voice for the importance of caregiver self-care and the value of fostering connections with fellow caregivers in an effort to reduce isolation and build meaningful community. Let's get started. Well, Cher, you join an elite group of E-Series guests. So grateful to have you with me again today. Thanks, Ryan. I'm really happy to be here. So among the many hats you wear as a hospice of the Piedmont volunteer, uh, you know, including assisting our bereavement counselors with phone calls, uh, serving as an auxiliary chaplain, um, and even serving hospice patients and families, uh, you also are the lead facilitator of the organization's caregiver support group, CarePoint, um, which meets in person both in High Point and Ashboro. Tell me about your own personal experience uh, with support groups. Uh, what kind of experience you have, you know, participating in or leading those kind of groups? I have been involved in small groups for many, many years in uh, support groups, as well as groups where you share because you all are part of a um, a common thread or a common idea and you sit with each other and and you share your ideas and listen to other people. That's been a part of my life. I think um, most of my adult life, it's very valuable to me to be in a smaller group. I think I do better in a smaller group than in a larger setting. And so, uh, yeah, I've led groups of women only. I've led groups of uh, mixed adults. And I've been in groups where it's been accountability driven. I've been in groups where um, I feel like the people that are sitting there are understanding me and can help me through hard times, difficult times. So yeah, I've had quite a lot of experience with it. Well, I'm grateful that you bring that experience to our organization and to supporting families that we serve. how do support groups uh, overall contribute to you know mental, emotional, and social well-being of individuals who participate in them? I really feel like sometimes when people are going through harder times or it feels like uh, life is closing in on you, uh, one of the best things to do is to sit with people who are um, similar to you in your either your station of life or maybe they're going through a similar thing and you find that being able to share your own heart and your own struggles with other people who understand them maybe you know maybe the idea is that you don't have to explain yourself so much they're already kind of on your page and that feels so comforting i think emotionally you feel like wow i can maybe take a deep breath and let let off some stress because I don't have to explain myself. Someone that's sitting there might be in a similar circumstance. So emotionally, I think you feel camaraderie or community Mm -hmm. that really, really helps Um, because some of the emotions tend to run 
pretty deep sometimes, uh, particularly in groups, maybe this like this one we're talking about, this care point group where we have individuals who are caregiving for long periods of time. And it feels very stressful day in, day out. So to have somebody who's going to emotionally connect with you can be very valuable. And I think socially, you end up feeling so isolated. You don't have time to be with anybody else. And you're not sure even who you would go to. If you start sharing what's going on, people kind of go, oh, that's a lot. So socially, you find people that can relate to you. And if Mm -hmm. they relate on one level... Sometimes they relate on another level. You might find, oh, you also like to cook or you enjoy walking in the park, you know. So it's a it's a great way to connect socially with people, too. Yeah. Yeah. So camaraderie, connection, Mm. um, a safe place. Um, Safe place. You share some benefits for individuals, uh, you know, that come out of participation in a support group, do these benefits extend beyond group sessions? If And if so, how? Yeah, I think one of the main benefits of being in a small group uh, or a support group when you're going through a hard time is that often in that kind of a group, you feel like you're seen and heard mm-hmm. and you know, it's, you don't feel so invisible. And so that creates a space in your own heart and soul where you feel um, more confident because you realize, well, maybe I'm not the only one who's struggling with this, or maybe I'm not the only one. I'm not alone. I'm not uh, isolated. There Mm -hmm. are other people. And usually when you feel like, oh, there's a few other people, you start to gain confidence in yourself. And that gives you the ability to move out of your space and maybe find the way to um, move even outside the support group. You're moving into other other arenas of your life again, and you're feeling a little better about yourself. So. Yeah, you're kind of circumstances have put you on an island. Yes. And you get to find a lifeboat and get off the island and find some other people to traverse those waters with man that's keeping that analogy going a little bit but i think there's yeah. something to that there is something to that um it's amazing how uh how i guess i want to use the word uh damaging but that may not be exactly what i want to say how hard it is on your own person to feel isolated mm-hmm. and to feel alone i think you you tend to your self esteem just goes um through the bottom and yeah. so that alone, feeling like uh, I can be supported by other people is really that lifeboat. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And we're coming out of a season with COVID where isolation was like the name of the game. Like people were uh, sheltering in place and having this this really surreal experience where there was you know, at the same time, a lot of physical, mental, social need. And um, I wonder if, you know, meeting in person is great. It's a gift. It's um, we've all been kind of counting down the days where we could be doing that again. But was there a place for virtual engagement as as support groups go? Could you speak to that? 
Sure. I think there really was um, something to that, being able to see each other, even if it's on a screen. Um, you can see each other's emotions. You can kind of get a feel for the room. And it just feels like uh, that connection was essential during the time when there was so much isolation. And sometimes when you're caregiving, you feel very isolated. So whether you can meet um virtually, or you can meet in person that can be very, very helpful. I might prefer the in-person. And I think a lot of people do because you, it's just more, uh, you feel like you can understand people better. You see their facial expressions, mm -hmm. their, their bodies, you know, it just feels better to be in person. But as a second you know, the, the other option is not bad and being right. virtual is, is better than being alone. It's yeah. so much better than the uh, alternative of not connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. It's it's still met the need. Um, yes. Albeit maybe a better option sitting in the same yes. room as somebody. And I think so, but that may not be an option for some circumstances. Right. You, know, you can't get out of your house or you can't leave your, uh, loved one, or you don't have transportation. So, you know, it works out. Mm -hmm. What are some other key elements would, would you say uh, to a, a successful support group or an, an effective, impactful support group and in helping individuals cope with the challenges they're experiencing? Um, I do think that when you get together with other people, and especially in the beginning when you don't know them very well, uh, one of the key ingredients in any kind of a support or a small group setting is confidentiality. So we sit together, you get to know each other, but you have to be, you have to feel safe that they're going to take what you have to say and hold it close and not feel like it's just um, out there for the world to know or even I guess I also want to say a safe zone where we're not um, trying to fix each other and we're not trying to overpower the other one with uh, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, the, the setting in a support group is support. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not about trying to solve the problems. It's about giving each other safe space to be able to say and to share the feelings that they haven't really been able to identify or even to share. I, I want to say that often people feel like, well, I've got my family, my sister comes over, I've got, you know, but honestly, sometimes family can be the hardest group to be truly deeply honest with mm -hmm. because there's all kinds of baggage and there's things that have been carried on for years and years in your family. So a support group gives you that um, kind of a, blank slate. So you can feel like, wow, this is a space where I get to choose who I am and how I'm going to present myself. Sometimes that helps you to feel like I can really dig in deep and tell you what's really going on. And um, sometimes that has to do with your family. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There are no preconceived notions. There are no like, well, I remember what you said last night. You know, there is none of that that you're bringing to the table. It's None of that. So the safe space, right. being able to create that or to allow that to happen, sometimes that also is a function of a good leader. Um, and one of the things that we might present and often hold to very closely is that we listen well. 
So when someone is speaking, it's not about trying to say, well, here's what I want to tell you about what you're saying. It's about listening to their heart and their soul, their emotions in a deep way and acknowledging how they feel. Hmm. The acknowledgement of how somebody feels when they're struggling is so important. It's that seen and heard piece that gives someone the, um, they take a deep breath in and feel like, oh, this was my place to share that. And, um, and then they can sometimes walk forward just because they've been able to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that sometimes makes such a difference. So listening well is very important in a support group. Yeah. Confidentiality, listening, yeah. you said a safe space. Yes. Um, and a space free from distraction and the thing that's bearing down on you. You're just, it's an escape, I, I'd imagine. It is. Um, it's an escape. It's also when I, when you were just saying that, I was thinking it's a space where there's no judgment. Yeah. So you may come to the group even being embarrassed that you feel anger or you feel guilty or you feel like things you shouldn't feel, you know, but you can come to that group and that's your safe place to say it. And the rest of the group can just embrace you for feeling in that way. Mm -hmm. Even if you're embarrassed, it's okay. It's okay. Sometimes the tears come and it's all all right. We just gather up around and, you know, and take that because that actually everybody has been in that place. Everyone Right. So, yeah, it's that place to hold no judgment and a safe place for people to share. Yes. And you're not alone, likely, in those feelings that you're feeling. That's right. And other people are also hesitant to put them to words. And as you're as somebody is brave or somebody is vulnerable, it um, motivates that same boldness in somebody else to say, oh, been there, done that or me, too. And again, goes back to that camaraderie and connection that you were talking about. Absolutely. And I think it gives people the courage to step forward and maybe to be able to um, bear things that might seem unbearable Mm -hmm. and make other decisions about the way they're going to do or walk forward or feel or the attitudes they may have. You know, courage is a big thing when you're going through a struggle. Hi friends, I want to quickly pause our conversation and take a moment to encourage you to learn more about CarePoint, our monthly gathering for local caregivers. This group, formed by Hospice of the Piedmont and Hospice of Randolph, provides an opportunity for local caregivers to connect with and encourage one another. This group provides a safe, supportive environment where caregivers can discuss their struggles and questions associated with caregiving, while also offering insights and suggestions to fellow caregivers. To learn more about CarePoint, access the link in today's show notes or visit www.hospiceofthepiedmont.org CarePoint. Now let's get back to the conversation. So it sounds like you have maybe in the back of your mind some examples of having seen or heard some success stories or um, some of this in action. So I maybe thought you could share a few of those with us um, from ideally this most recent group that you've been facilitating with our organization, uh, just how folks have navigated these difficult seasons or overcome specific obstacles. 
I do. I have someone in mind. Uh, often when we take on the caregiving role, um, we feel very empowered. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm, I love my mother, my husband, you know, whoever you're caring about, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be there for them. And over time, the um, weight of the job becomes very overwhelming sometimes. Uh, I have in mind a, a person who was caring for her father, and it felt very overwhelming because it got had gone on a little longer than what she anticipated. But she was so uh, focused on giving all of the care, being there every moment of every day and taking care of her father. So there were others in the group who were hearing her um, in that way. And they, over time, the encouragement and the listening, excuse me, listening well and being able to hear her heart. She was so adamant about taking good care of her father. But in the process, she was losing herself and she was really overwhelmed and having such a struggle to keep it going. But some of the other folks in the group were able to encourage her to take one step at a time to reach out and get some help and bring somebody in to give her uh, an hour or two break every few days. And she was very reticent about it. But over time, she did it. And in the end, she came back to the group and just thanked them for hmm. giving her that uh, courage again to take that step. Because you can't care for your loved one if you're not well. If you're not doing well, the right. care suffers. So you have to take care of yourself by taking a breath, getting out of the room, going for a walk, uh, getting out of the house. So it was very beneficial for her. So yeah. that that's one circumstance that I can think of right off uh, the top. Um, and another one I can think of is... Um, Sometimes when we get in these circumstances, we think our family is going to be there and help us through it. And so we set out with eight or 10 family members and we say, okay, here's the story. Here's the circumstance. And can everybody come and help? And nobody does. It ends up being just you. And um, there was another, another circumstance where somebody was suggesting, well, what if you encourage your, your family to come by? And she would say, absolutely not. They will not. They don't. They don't ever. And so it gave her a space to be able to really complain, lay out all her arguments. And our group was willing to just hold her in that space until she finally had the courage to step out with an email to say, these are the things I'm doing every single day. And soon her loved ones began to drop food by, began to come by. It's that space where you can just lay it all out on the table, be angry, be upset, and still feel like um, I can say all this and some of the some of the group was able to come alongside and give her some support. So yeah. it was very beneficial, very beneficial. It's yeah. this like fringe benefit that solutions are found organically just from the conversation. You don't have to go about trying to, you know, find the right answer or provide the right resource. Just in conversation, people are able to encourage that one happens. another. 
Oh, that happens so often. Well, because you're in a group of people who are doing the same thing you're doing. Yes. And so over time, they've run into that same circumstance. And well, when, you know, last year when this happened to me, this is what I did. And it's not a here, let me fix your problem. It's just sharing what worked for you. And often, even if it's not exactly the same circumstance, people walk away with a, ah, oh, I hadn't thought of that kind of attitude. Yeah. I'm going to try that. I'm going to, I'm going to, and then, you know, come back to the meeting and say, I tried it and this is the result. And there's, yeah, there's joy as well. Celebration in that together. There is. Yeah. Yeah. So you come to a support group, maybe with the intention of airing some grievances or venting or just having a place, a safe place, like you've said for support. Um, But you are also getting an opportunity to show your own successes Mm-hmm. And show your own victories and your own, like, hey, I've been there too, and this is what worked for me. And there's a sense of pride that I imagine comes from being able to point somebody else to their own success by kind it's of sharing not, your own. Absolutely true. I think it's maybe an overlooked benefit of being in a support group is that you have the opportunity to share something that has worked in your life. So you're bringing your own successes to the table as well as your frustrations and your uh, concerns. Mm -hmm. And as a group together, that all kind of melds together. And it's just so beneficial for people who are going through these struggles, these hard times. Yeah. So as good as it is, as good as a, um, resource being in part a part of a support group is there are still some misconceptions to you know engaging or participating um, or maybe some stigmas that are that surround support groups can you how can we address those could you address those for folks that um are maybe yeah, thinking I, about i think i can at least a little bit i know that um stepping into a support group when you are uh, worried about how that's going to look like you you bring and you think, oh, I'm going to look weak or I might even cry or I have to share all these things. People, and I guess I want to say Americans in particular, mm-hmm. are about successes and are about looking and presenting yourself in such a strong and powerful way that getting in a support group often feels like, wow, that's just the opposite of that. I don't think I'm going to do it. And I think what ends up happening in a support group is that vulnerability, that moment of time when you're willing to pull down the mask, pull down the way that you present yourself and be real and honest and heart driven gives you that, um, extra space to work forward and maybe be a better person and solve some of these concerns that you have. We have a tendency to run in circles. I almost want to call it a hamster wheel when we're not willing to share or be vulnerable. It just turns round and round in our own mind and and our bodies and our hearts. But when you get in a group and you're willing to share that, then the benefits come oh, I can lay that down this, I can lay it down. So I think that's probably the biggest worry is that, wow, I'm going to be vulnerable and I might, you know, tears might come down my face and I might look weak and I might, you know, people just don't want to do it. But 
when you go for it, be surprised at the strength that comes. Yeah. And I would even add to that, you know, vulnerability has this preconception of weakness, but I would say it's a measure of strength that if you can bear your heart or enter into some depths that are uncomfortable, that shows um, not, um, I don't know, weakness, but it shows your own measure of courage, like you said earlier. Um, And it would encourage others to do likewise. It does encourage others. You see somebody that's willing to be vulnerable or like you're saying, that deep courage comes from way within to be able to do that. And then the next time around, as a person watching another one who's done that, you feel like, okay, they did that. I can do that too. And Mm -hmm. so again, it's that camaraderie. You're in a space where everybody understands what's going on and you feel like you can move forward. Yeah. So let's say our, we have a listener who has been on the fence about joining a support group. They, their circumstances would absolutely merit them being um, a part of one. And they could even hear some of the benefits in this conversation, but they're still like holding out. What might you say to them to, that might encourage them to take the step? I think what I would say is, is to come once. Don't make it, don't make it in your head that once you start this, I'm going to have to go every week and it's going to feel so heavy and just decide I'll try it one time. Uh, and I will say in my groups, there isn't a pressure to share. You don't have to, don't have to say anything. You could sit there quietly and just watch the interactions. So, you know, there. It's not like we go around the room and say, well, what's going on in your life? You know, we don't do that. It's a it's a voluntary sharing. So if you're willing to come once, then come and see see what it's like. I I can almost guarantee you that the benefits will present themselves. Even if you say nothing, you're going to watch other people grow and change and and see the value of being in a group. So Hmm. I might say it that way. Well, I hope somebody heard it. I hope so. I hope the person that needed to hear it heard you say it. I hope so. What would be your parting words to our listening audience about support groups, about CarePoint in particular, or something else that we didn't discuss? Mm, I think that CarePoint is particularly important for because it is about caregivers. It doesn't have to be hospice-driven. You can be a caregiver in the community, anybody. And at this point in time, I think after COVID, we're realizing a lot of people are caregiving. A lot of people are doing it with children, with adults, with parents that are sick and they're living in their house. This is very, it's a common thing going on. And yet we aren't acknowledging in America how challenging it is for the caregiver. So now we're beginning to see that and beginning to understand it. And I think uh, caring for someone who is challenged, uh, struggling can be so wearing on your, your own person. So I want to just acknowledge that and say, come and be a part of these groups. I think you'll find benefit and uh, I'd love to see you. Mm. Well, thank you, Cher. Thank you for your time and for what you do for our organization and as a facilitator of CarePoint, just grateful for what you provide um, 
our team and our community uh, as a an empathetic ear and a good asker of questions. And um, thank you for kind of pulling back the curtain on, on why support groups matter. And um, per usual, I appreciate you, your time. Well, I appreciate having an opportunity to be um, to say some of these things because I think it's misunderstood. And thank you for giving me that. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the E-Series. We're excited about our upcoming episodes, highlighting a variety of incredible guests from our community. Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts so that you'll receive a notification as each episode publishes. Until then, I'm Ryan Biagini, and this has been the E-Series.